0: No Bull, powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Welcome in on a Monday of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. So Jordan Simone significantly toning it down there with just the golf clap opposed to the yeah, Let's golf go! Clap
1: today. That we normally
0: get from a Mr. Jordan Simone as the show starts as I peek out all the volumes
1: there on the program. But what's happening, gentlemen? Happy Monday. Look, just give me a couple. Just give me a minute here. Number one, things I learned over the weekend is Mm -hmm. that the Chiefs are beatable. Sean Crespin is a fair-weather Raiders fan. He took the Chiefs to <laughs> beat the Raiders. In, had incorrect. no faith. I have text message conversations that mm-hmm. will corroborate my my story. Mm-hmm. He had no faith, said it was going to be a wash. It was Ed Arrowhead. They had no chance. Didn't believe in him. He said that Derek Carr sucks. <laughs> and uh, Derek Carr played the game of his life. <laughs> Did not the say Chiefs, that at all. The Chiefs lost. I uh, I've, I've won money on them four weeks in a row. Lost money on them yesterday, of course. The Seattle Seahawks have the best culture in the NFL. So the, they're never out of the fight. Shut up!
0: The I'm NFL here. <laughs> the NFL's rapid rundown coming up in about ten minutes on the program, but Jordan Simone <laughs> wanted to jump right ahead for it before we even Look, get to man, what's in need the to lead get here. Some stuff.
1: We have, a, chest. we have a full I need to get some stuff off my chest. We have a full okay?
0: spot for you to get everything you need to get off your chest, off your chest. It's already it's built too late in the it's show. Built into the program. First of all, Chris Schubert's sitting there very patiently. He uh, this man landed on a plane from Houston about twenty minutes ago, hustles home to get his butt on a camera and ready to do no bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. The man's a trooper this morning, Simone. We should be giving him credit, not whining about what you did or did not do this weekend in uh, in your plays over the course of the weekend. So, Schubert, welcome to the program. We appreciate you.
2: Thanks, guys. I'm just really impressed, uh, and Sean, you will be impressed by this. I set up all my equipment today after I got here, and I'm ready mm-hmm. to go for the show. So that, mm-hmm. that in and of itself is a win. Anything I say from here on, through the rest of the show that's a win for me
0: let's find out what is making headlines on a monday let's find out what is in the lead gentlemen still pissed (laughs) you can be as upset as you want to but uh we do it uh every day on the podcast we start things out with what's making headlines what's in the lead in the world of sports and uh anytime there's a there's a new champion crowned i think you you have to put that first and foremost in the lead. The NBA last night wrapping up their bubble experience. The Lakers winning their 17th NBA Finals, defeating the Heat 106-93. Wasn't even that close, gentlemen. 28-point lead at the half. The largest halftime lead in an NBA Finals game in history. What does this do? I want to ask you guys both. What does this do for LeBron James's legacy In your opinion, the bubble asterisk that a lot of people are going to put on this, they're going to talk about it was the easiest road to the finals. Schubert, I woke up this morning. You and I were talking a little bit in show prep. I woke up this morning. I don't feel any different about LeBron James today than I did yesterday. What does this finals do for his legacy overall?
2: Well, it adds a number, right? Now he's a four-time NBA champion. He has a new, new statistic that you can roll out anytime you talk about LeBron James. He's the first player in NBA history to win a finals MVP with three different teams. So there are things like that that he can add to his Wikipedia page. But I'm like you, I woke up this morning and LeBron James is still the greatest basketball player that I've ever seen play in my lifetime. That didn't change because he now, instead of having three NBA championships in his house, he's now going to add a fourth Larry O'Brien trophy. Didn't change anything for me. It's a great feat, super excited for the LA fans that they got. I mean, they've been through a lot, a lot since... Uh, Up until LeBron James got there. So I'm happy for them. But overall for LeBron James' legacy, doesn't change anything.
0: Simone, I know you're a big LeBron guy.
2: I don't
1: know how you can say it doesn't change anything about his legacy. It adds another championship to his resume. Um, and if you want to talk about just, you know, being the greatest, adding championships to your resume always helps that greatest of all time conversation. And if you listen to a lot of the older generation players, a lot of guys. Um, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that era. All of those guys are now saying, "Okay, I think LeBron deserves the title of greatest of all time over MJ because of what he's done and what he's battled through." For him to go to LA and and really take on that leadership role after not making the playoffs last year, taking on the leadership role of of a team with some new guys forced into a bubble, um, the death of Kobe Bryant, obviously, and, and taking that all on his shoulders and winning a championship. And at the end of the, the you know, the reward ceremony, he says, I want my respect. And I think he deserves it, man. He It's it's not a question of, uh, you know, if he's one of the greatest of all time, he's up there. But adding a championship always is gonna extend that argument. You know, if he can get another one, he's got five championships. I, I mean, he's, he's the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Like you said, Chris, he's the greatest basketball player I've ever watched play because I wasn't fortunate enough to get to watch MJ. Um, but you know what, I think LeBron, Uh, You can say what you want about him politically or whatever, but you have to respect his game and what he's done in his career.
2: Well, uh, the the issue there, Sean, real quick, I just want to add this. The issue with using championships as this argument is if you're going to go down this road of, oh, he's got a fourth championship, it changes his legacy. MJ's got more. That's why I don't like going down that road. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. The number of championships he has isn't going to change that. When you start to try to box him into this championship argument, it's going to be a new point yeah. because jordan has more so it's why i don't like looking at a guy's legacy based on the number of championships he was one of the greatest basketball players of all time yesterday before he won his fourth he is still that today right that fourth championship didn't change things the only thing it changed is it got him closer to mj for that specific argument which i think is a flawed argument in the first few minutes. dan
0: quinn let go by the atlanta falcons guys also in the lead here on a monday Jordan, you and I talked about this on Noble Live yesterday morning that if they lost this game, they fall to 0-5. Do they let go of Dan Quinn? I think both you and I figured they would allow him to finish the season. Not the case. They wind up making the change last night after the loss. Did they ever recover from the 28-3 collapse in the Super Bowl? (laughs) Since that time, they're 24-29 overall. They're now going to make D.C. uh, Raheem Morris the interim head coach there uh I, I gotta be honest with you guys i want to get your opinions on this what does firing a head coach mid-season actually accomplish we've already seen it happen once this year now we're seeing a second head coach let go you know just beyond the quarter pole of the nfl season what do the atlanta falcons accomplish when you're already oh
1: and five by firing yeah. your head coach mid-season what does that accomplish jordan you know what? I, I, I feel for Dan Quinn and, and that 28 to three loss they they, uh, they took in the Super Bowl or, you know, that the comeback from the Patriots uh, is obviously an uh, an iconic moment in, in the NFL's history uh, for Tom Brady, especially. But, you know, he, he's a good coach. He's from the Seahawks originally. He, he's he can coach. He's game. a good D. somebody. Yeah. Somebody's going to pick him up as a D coordinator, give him a fresh start. And he, he's going to be a good coach for a long time. Will he get a head coaching job soon? Probably not. Um, but it's not surprising when you lose five games in a row, you're going to probably get fired as you saw with, uh, with, with the Texans as well. And you asked Sean, what does it do for your team? You know, when, when you fire a coach mid season like that, a lot of the time it, it gives you a new belief, a fresh restart almost, right? It's like, okay. The coach is gone. All right, the players, let's look at each other. It's on us now. It's on us. It's just us in here. Let's come together. And then the other coaches, you know, just try to put us in a good position to win. Um, But you obviously, you know, as a player, all you can do is say, we just got to keep doing our job. Look, the sky might be falling around us, but we got to just continue to do what we're coached to do uh, and, and try to just be in the best position. And go at the end of the day, you got nothing to lose. Just compete. Just go out and have fun, compete. And at the end of the day, Every person on that Falcons team now is fighting for a job next year for whoever they hire because they yeah. got to put tape out.
0: Yeah, I also believe that's the case every year in the National Football League, outside of the you know the top tier of the players in the in the league. Also, let, let go was GM Thomas Dimitrov, so it wasn't just it just wasn't Dan Quinn. There is sweeping changes there in Atlanta in Schubert, yeah. and Schubert. That's why I ask, what does this actually accomplish for this particular season? What does doing this now in Week Five accomplish that doing it you know? postseason
2: doesn't at that point it doesn't accomplish anything that's quantifiable right it doesn't accomplish anything that you're going to see in the wins and loss column or any statistic that you can point at when it comes to the Falcons 2020 season but the only thing I can think of and there's really two schools of thought on this one if you were going to fire the general manager which they did the next general manager that you were going to bring in is going to want to hire their coach. So instead of having two bad press days, you have one at the same time when your team's 0-5. All right, you guys aren't getting the job done. Hit the road. Or it could be just a sense of, and Jordan, maybe you can attest to this a little bit more than I can. But ultimately, player development and culture and locker room chemistry is so important. And if they let Dan Quinn stay there and this thing continued to deteriorate, kind of like what we're seeing in New York with... Uh, Adam GaSe, what we what we started to learn about what was happening with Bill O'Brien in Houston. If you allow that to happen. Then all of a sudden, players are unhappy. They don't trust their teammates. That's not a winning culture. You need to build that. And if they felt yeah. that keeping Dan Quinn around long-term was going to harm that, then they made the right decision. But again, that's not quantifiable. You know what is quantifiable? The guy that they promoted, Raheem Morris, their DC, to be the interim head coach, has presided over a defense this year that gives up the second-most points in the league and the second-most yards in the league. This isn't going to get better because there's a new person calling plays because the guy that they elevated is a guy who's part of the reason this team is is in this 0-5 hole. It's not going to change a whole lot. They have to make the right hire at GM and the right hire head coach to turn things around.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if things were going down the road, we've got the reports right out of Houston that, that J.J. Watt and company were upset with Bill O'Brien. They had a blow up at practice. And, you know, even the D.C. was, was involved in that. If you're, if you're getting a toxic atmosphere, okay, I'll buy that. But I've always thought firing a head coach midseason does, doesn't do much more than just make a statement to your fan base, right? Like, unless you have... An inter- somebody on the coaching staff that you want to put in an interim role that you feel might be the guy long-term, so you want to give him an opportunity. I really don't know how much this this accomplishes. Now, if it is a toxic environment and you're trying to avoid having any more harm done there, that's fine. I just don't know if that's the case in, a, in Atlanta uh, or if we'll even get any reports, if, even if it was at this point. Dak Prescott, guys, absolutely brutal absolutely brutal yesterday suffering the compound fracture dislocation of his right ankle required surgery immediately they took him to the hospital they cleaned it up uh repaired the fracture the procedure according to espn went really well expecting him to be released from the hospital today but you're looking at a four to six month recovery for dak prescott and again i know people see the money and the the amount that is involved with with uh franchise tags but yesterday is the exact reason why players push back so hard on being put on a franchise tag without the long-term security, Jordan.
1: Yeah, it, and it's sad. Um, you know, exactly what you just said. It's it's the reason that these guys want to hold out because they want some of that, you know, hey, I've been here, I've put in my work for the last four or five years, I deserve another contract because injuries happen every single game. Um, you know, and just speaking for myself, Two torn ACLs, uh, broken collarbone, a bunch of other injuries. I mean, the game is brutal. The game is brutal, and injuries happen every single game, um, whether you see them or not. So, you feel for Dak. Um, you know what? If you're the Cowboys, though, it's you know, it's kind of a good situation for you. I mean, you didn't want to pay this guy. You you franchise tag him, and and you know what? You're you're thinking, you know, we they're still going to take care of him. I believe the Cowboys are going to take care of him. But it's not going to be as much money as uh, as they as Dak wants, and so there's going to be a contract dispute here uh, uh, for a long time, I believe. And you know, you feel for Dak, and and you you can just you know whatever you believe in, you send out your prayers to to him and his family. Hope he gets well, um, because that that's a brutal injury, one that my brother actually had in in uh, high school. So it's it's a tough recovery. He's going to be uh, in a in a straight cast for a long time, and uh, you know he's, he's going to have the best therapy, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they, it, it, Chris, get your opinion on this as well. I don't know if it's necessarily a situation where the Cowboys don't want to pay him long term. I think maybe they wanted to see him, you know, new coach coming in. Let's see how this might work out long, you know, in, in the long term. But let's get a season under our belt before we commit to it. Um, I, I agree with you, Jordan. More than likely, I think he's a Cowboy long term still. I mean, this isn't quite the Alex Smith injury, right? It's brutal, but it's not quite to that extent uh hopefully everything goes well with you know going forward alex smith had the the everything go wrong after surgery so hopefully everything works out for for dak here but uh it's not this is why you see the pushback from uh players on the franchise tag
1: and real real quick i want to say uh something that i thought was cool was jerry jones came out with a statement like right after the game saying you know hey we feel bad for dak and you know this is our guy but what he said which I thought was really cool was, hey, this is the leader of our franchise, and he will continue to be the leader of our franchise. I thought that was really cool, something yeah. that he didn't have to say, right? Um, and something that that should give Dak some hope, you know, when it comes to their uh, their contracting and all of that. So, no new positive
0: tests as well, guys. Uh, Patriots and Titans both tested as of today and yesterday. So, as we sit here on a Monday morning, the game on Tuesday between the Titans and Bills should take place so that that is good news for the national football league because yesterday we saw i think it was five games moved eight different teams affected by the by the changes that the nfl had to make uh since you had the patriots and the broncos game get postponed so good news for the national football league today no new positive test from the patriots or the titans as we sit here and i have to emphasize that significantly as we sit here on monday morning recording this this version of the podcast the game tomorrow night tuesday night's game or Tuesday's game. Tuesday, it should be a. It's, it's here and locally. It's it's a, It's actually a day game between the the uh, the Titans and the Bills. Two undefeated teams is still on. So good news, Schubert. Good news from the National Football League.
2: Sean, I'm looking over at Twitter just to make sure that we that we have updated information. We we're recording. Yes. I think yeah. you're okay. I think I you're good? safe and thing right. as of right now. All right. Uh, we're good. But right, this is going to be the the merry-go-round that the NFL is going to have to play on a week to week basis, right? right. And, and this is just the world we live in now. This appears to be their plan. I know I was critical of them last week for it being a little reactionary. This appears to be the way they're going to go about this. They're going to try to reschedule these games a- as best as they can, and then if need be, they don't really want to do this, but they'll go to that 18th week to try to right. fit some of these games in. Now, the only risk with this, and it's not something they can really mitigate, is you're just kind of sitting around just hoping. right? You're just hoping that there are no positive tests today if they're doing testing or tomorrow when they do testing. I don't know if they're testing players every day or if they're testing them every other day, but however they're doing it, they need all of these to come back negative and it is a very kind of wait and see kind of hold your breath moment for the nfl each and every week before these games kick off and it's probably not fun. It's probably not a fun time to be working in the NFL league offices right now.
0: Well, no, and, and that's why Roger Goodell actually hired a competition committee, a subcommittee that is there specifically to advise the league on what they can or cannot do to fit games in when there are issues and, and, and things they have to react to immediately. They they created a subcommittee to make sure that they handle it correctly and find ways to 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 go about going forward. Quite the day yesterday in the National Football League. Upsets galore for those of you watching. I'm just going to show my jersey here. <laughs> my, my, my Raiders are doing okay. Fairweather fan, Crespin. Uh, you had uh, some upsets as well with the Dolphins and the Niners. We'll go through everything NFL yesterday and our rapid rundown coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone.
1: Hey, guys, let me tell you about uh, our proud sponsor and partner, Earnhardt Auto Centers. locally owned and operated since 1951 as a proud partner as I mentioned before of Noble with Chris Cressman and Simone with 19 Arizona locations 21 dealerships 17 brands it doesn't matter if you're north south east or west wherever you are in the Valley Earnhardt has got you covered for that brand new vehicle you probably got your eye on with current times of social distancing the Noble Express option at noble.com which I actually use myself can make the entire buying process an absolute breeze from the comfort of your own home from test driving a vehicle delivered to your door, to your finance application, to delivery of your new ride once you make a purchase. You don't even have to to leave your front door to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that can't be beat. The Earnhardt name is a name you can trust, a 68-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Center is nobold.com, and that ain't no bull. Well, gentlemen, time to go through the national.
0: Football League. Yesterday's rapid reaction. Schubert. I know you were traveling, so you got caught up as quickly as you could. You were working your other gig. You're uh, ready Jor- for some takes, boys? Yeah, get some hot takes coming from uh, from yep. Christian. Wasn't your nickname uh, Hype Train at one moment? Oh, it you still just, is. You just you know, spewed out is. a bunch yep. of garbage and to see if it would uh-huh. stick. Let's let's get some more yep. of that today. But uh, let's start. <laughs> Jordan, I know a game you had your eye on uh, very closely yesterday, but the Raiders yep. upsetting the Chiefs at Her- at Arrowhead, a place they hadn't won at in the last eight meetings between these two teams as they get together every year, as you know, as division rivals. But Derek Carr, 22 of 31, 347 yards, three touchdowns. And there was a stretch. This is not very Patrick Mahomes-like. There's a stretch of six six drives for the Kansas City Chiefs, starting at the 6 minute and 24 second mark of the third quarter. Punt, field goal, punt, 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 interception. Removed the field but goal Sam drive. Out there the they football? had a total of 43 yards in those five drives. Uh, is this Raiders team a legit AFC playoff contender at this point? Not a contender to win the Super Bowl, but just to make it to the postseason. Are we talking about that now with this Raiders team?
1: Uh, if they keep playing the way that they did yesterday, then yes. Uh, I mean, Derek Carr looked the best that I've ever seen him. Sean, you've been a Raiders fan for a long time. I've never seen Derek Carr look like that, dropping passes on a dime. Henry Ruggs I think is a great addition to that team. He's able to take the top off of a lot of defenses. And look, uh, as much respect as you have to give to the Raiders, Kansas City's defense just did not show up to play. I mean, they're getting beat left and right all over the field. Uh, they can't get a pass rush on Carr. And you gotta give credit to the Raiders. Again, I mean, Derek Carr played played really well. They ran the ball. Uh, they couldn't. I mean, the Chiefs couldn't stop them to save their life. I mean, it looked like the Seahawks defense in the first half yesterday. Um, I think another thing that the Raiders did well was defensively, they they tried to keep Patrick Mahomes from escaping the pocket. So their defensive ends were running up the field and then tracing back because Patrick Mahomes likes to step up and run to the right or run to the left. And I think their D-line did a great job. Their halftime adjustments uh, really, really helped um, keep Patrick Mahomes, you know, with, with seeing different looks and all that. So you got to give credit to the Raiders defense, Make, made some big plays, made them force some throws that he would like to have back. But at the end of the day, I think this is only gonna benefit the Chiefs because coming off a championship season, they hadn't lost in how many games? What was it, 13 games or something like that? They were on a crazy streak. It takes a lot of the pressure off of having to win and it gets them back to the basics. Okay, why did we lose? Play with a different energy defensively. You know, what went wrong? This, this, these kind of losses, Help a good team, a championship football team, go back to the drawing board and say, all right, this is what we have to do better. Uh, And I think you're going to see a a, a different Chiefs team moving forward.
0: Yeah, Derek Carr, a 70% completion guy, 4,000 yards each of the last few seasons. So I know a lot of people don't watch a lot of Raider football because overall the team isn't very good. Uh, Derek Carr gets a bad reputation for, for, for no reason. Dude can actually ball. And he's been that guy really his entire career. Uh, just hasn't had a whole lot around him. Uh, and, and, again, people don't watch a lot of Raider football because why would you when you're, you know, not relevant around the country? So uh, Raiders starting to get things right there with John Gruden. Texans over the Jags. Thirty to fourteen. Clearly it was Bill O'Brien's fault the entire time, right? It had nothing to do with the fact that they had to run the gauntlet of KC, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota before getting the Jacksonville Jaguars on their on their schedule. It was all about Romeo Cornell yesterday. Nothing it had everything to do with getting Bill O'Brien out of there, right? Sean. 1-0 yeah. in the Romeo Cornell era. 1-0. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters.
2: Undefeated are the Ravens, Houston Texans.
0: Ravens yesterday, 27-3 to 3 over the Bengals. Probably the best defense a young Joe Burrow seen this year. 19-30, 183 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, Jordan. It just kind of looked like a rookie learning what it's like to go against a really good defense in the National Football League.
1: Yeah. And uh, this is kind of something that we all expected that they would go through some growing pains. And I, you know what, I've really liked what I've seen from Joe Burrow early in this season. I think he's, uh, he doesn't play too high, he doesn't play too low, but I think he's consistent. He's voted a captain from his teammates as a rookie, which is really cool. Um, So I think that the future is still bright in Cincinnati. And even with the young coach that they got, um, it's, it's, it's still
2: exciting, even though they're gonna take some, they're gonna take some bruises along the way. Can we please start a GoFundMe? to rebuild the offensive line Uh, in Cincinnati. So So Joe Burrow actually is able to have an NFL career. I think it was seven sacks yesterday. He's been hit the most in the league. Joe Burrow has shown in year one in just a five game sample size. He can play in this league, protect him, figure it out or else Joe Burrow is not going to survive there. They actually have an offense. and I know they went up against a tough defense yesterday. They can score points. They just have to protect their quarterback. And if they don't do it, Joe Burrow is going to get hurt at some point. You're going to end up seeing him go down the David Carr
0: route, right, where the career just never can quite get going. Steelers 38-29 over the Eagles yesterday. Maybe the best effort we've seen from the Eagles at this point, but they just ran into a really, really good Steelers football team. Uh, Get this. They were able to draft another explosive wide receiver. Linebackers and wide receivers in Pittsburgh. They just find them and they just turn them out. Claypool with seven receptions, 110 yards, three touchdowns, had another one rushing as well. I'm telling you guys – that Pittsburgh Steelers football team. I've been on this bandwagon since we started this podcast a couple weeks ago. Extremely, extremely good defense, especially in the front seven. And Big Ben and company, if this offense gets rolling, they could be something special. They're 4-0 for the first time since the 70s, Jordan.
1: Yeah, it's impressive. An impressive, uh, I don't want to say it's an impressive win over an Eagles team that's really underperformed. The Eagles look better. Um, when, when the opportunities presented themselves, but I think, you know, the Steelers really showed how strong their defense is in the second half and, uh, and, and their, their ground game really took over. So I I'm with you, Sean, I'm impressed by the Steelers. I still want to see them play a couple more good teams and, and see what, uh, what kind of team they are when they face adversity,
2: something I might Oh, go ahead, Chris real quick, could you mentioned wide receiver university there in, in Pittsburgh. This is from Field Yates. In the last decade, the Steelers have not used a single first-round pick on a wide receiver. Here are the list of names that have played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Juju Schuster, Chase Claypool, Martavius Bryant, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington yep. are all the names that they've drafted, and all of those have had big-time games there in Pittsburgh.
0: They just churn them out, man. Linebackers and wide receivers in Pittsburgh, they, they somehow know how to get it done. Dolphins and 49ers yesterday. This might be something I'm, I'm going to have to backpedal on and I may be extremely wrong about this I keep talking about how let the San Francisco 49ers get healthy and they might still be the team to beat in the NFC West Um, I think I'm I think I'm wrong on that one 43 to 17 (laughs) yesterday Jimmy G gets sat down quote I'm doing the air quotes for those of you who are listening and not watching uh, Jimmy G sat down for his own protection yesterday not because oh. the team looks better without him 7 of How 17 nice is Kyle 77 yards no touchdowns two interceptions the San Francisco 49ers can't get right that is a bad loss to a team in the Dolphins that is in extreme rebuilding mode Schubert
2: yeah and listen this is a team i'm trying to pull up the numbers right now this is why you don't pay mediocre to average quarterbacks uh oh i'm sorry the fourth biggest cap hit at his position okay so you don't do things like that because when he stinks up the joint like he like he had this season i know he's been hurt you have nowhere to go there's nowhere for this team to go they have to pay all these players and they gave jimmy g that ridiculous contract that he probably hadn't earned yet at that point with his play and this is the situation that they're in. If Kyle Shanahan's this guru that we all think he is, he's going to have to create his way out of it. It's not like this team, you know, doesn't, they lack talent. They got talent across the board. They just got to figure it out. and They got to figure it out quickly. Yeah, this is our, we go through every game from yesterday in our rapid, hey, our real
1: rapid quick. rundown. What do you got, Simone? You said uh, that Miami's still in extreme building mode. I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think they're still in an extreme rebuild mode. I think uh, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick can sling it around the yard. They're just getting this team ready for Tua next year. But I think they've got. That some would be rebuild this mode. Team. I don't think it is. I think they they've got a good team. Tua's just not ready. He's coming off a hip injury. They've got a, a good football team. They obviously they just dismantled the 49ers who aren't a bad football team.
2: But they're getting ready they for another Seahawks season. They played the really tough with a new quarterback who's never played so a So they're snap. getting ready for another season down the road. And so that would be... They're
1: not in rebuild mode, though. Why would they be so in they're rebuild a, mode?
2: So they're a playoff contender next year, Jordan. Okay, so every team that's not a playoff contender is in rebuild mode? I would say no, so. No, but if they're not a playoff contender and this team used, the, used a first-round pick on a quarterback, they are rebuilding.
0: If you're a team that was in the Super Bowl last year that still feels when you get healthy you're going to be able to make a run this year you can't lose to the dolphins 43 to 17 like the dolphins aren't in a position to be doing that to you
1: All right can we agree on that i know but my 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 question is why are you saying that it's the chiefs fault when the dolphins beat the shit out of them the chiefs i mean not the chiefs uh, the the niners fault when the when the dolphins beat the shit out i mean well, give the dolphins some credit
0: I'm not taking anything away from the Dolphins, but what I am saying is, I looked at the San Francisco 49ers as a team, still with one of the best young offensive play callers in the league, with a lot of talent on that roster yeah. when they get healthy, as a team that could return to form. I don't know if that's going to be the case, and a lot, well, a lot of that has to do with Jimmy Who are you waiting G. on to get healthy? A lot of that has to do with uh, Jimmy G. Who are you waiting on to get healthy? Well, Kittle getting back to true form, but unfortunately, you're not going to get back Bosa. Obviously, uh, Sherman, yeah. uh, your boy. Um, Sherman can come off the IR after three after three weeks this year. It's a different three rule weeks. with the National Football League. So there's a lot of things they might be able to get back there in San Francisco. But yeah, but I, they
1: have their offense back. They have Debo Samuel. They have which Jimmy is, Garoppolo. Which is they have Raheem s- Mostert back. Would,
0: right, which is why I said I was extremely wrong about that. That was my whole point to this, was that I was extremely wrong about the San Francisco 49ers. You can't get blown out by by the Dolphins 43-17. Cleveland continues to roll 32-23 over the Colts. Uh, Philip Rivers making me look bad again. It's another one I was completely wrong about my my cashing in with Crespin on Sunday. Uh, but the pick oh six, the pick six really set them back. They tried to make it a football game, but guys, can Stefanski be in the running for Coach of the Year? Schubert
2: should be. Should Absolutely be. should be. He has a Cleveland Brown team that everybody wrote off last year because of how much of a disaster it was with Freddie Kitchens and said, Oh, Baker's done. This team's done. Another head coaching change. They're never going to figure it out. Stefanski has come in there. And this team looks like the team I think everybody expected them to be when you looked at their talent on paper a couple of years ago. They're playing well. And I know what you can say everything that you want to say about the Browns over the last couple of years. Their record is indicative of how good this team is. They're four and one. They're playing like a four and one football team. They're not getting lucky. They're going out there, playing the teams on their schedule and they're getting the job done. So Kevin Stefanski should be at the top of a list right now for coach of the year.
1: I agree. I agree and I think the biggest difference has been the play of Baker Mayfield. Last year, Baker Mayfield was trying to play like Russell Wilson, scramble, throw on the run like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's just not his game. When you watch him at Oklahoma, what made him so good? He'd be in shotgun, catch a snap, one, two, throw. That's what he's doing now. He's getting confident and with that confidence comes some of the other tougher throws uh, that that he's now, that you see the old Baker Mayfield, the one that was drafted number one overall for a reason. So I think that, that this Cleveland Browns team could be dangerous. They got a lot of talent and not to mention, probably the best defender right now in the NFL in Miles Garrett.
0: The Dallas Cowboys over the Giants 37-34. Obviously the headlines are rightfully so. What happened to Dak, but now, if we do start to look forward for the cowboys andy dalton under center the rest of the way i that's not a terrible backup to have you know i think that's why you give those guys who lost a starting job somewhere an opportunity to be a backup in this we saw it last year with teddy bridgewater who kept the ship in the right direction for the saints right um got you, you marcus Mariota getting a shot right now with las vegas should they need him? You've got uh, uh, Jameis Winston back in New Orleans trying to maybe do the same thing they did with, with uh, Teddy last year. And the Cowboys with Andy Dalton taking a starter who led a team to a, to, to a handful of playoff appearances and having him as your backup. I, 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 I think Andy Dalton is good enough to keep that offense going. Obviously the bigger issue in Dallas is 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 the the defensive side of the football which is just atrocious the Giants averaging 11 points a game going into yesterday's contest they put up 34 on you it's just the defense is a sieve right now in in Dallas
2: yeah I got two quick thoughts on this first this is a Dallas team that's still in first place in the division even mm-hmm. after losing their quarterback their next yep. three games are against the Cardinals Washington and Philadelphia so an opportunity here the schedule kind of does them some favors they can win these three games. Right, I mean they they have the offensive ability even with Andy Dalton to win these three games. Now they got to shore up the defensive side of the th- side of the ball in order to to keep this steady. Because then you got the Steelers and Vikings later on in the season. That's going to be tough right after this stretch. The second thing, I wasn't on the bandwagon, but I was at the train station potentially ready to hop on. I've left the train station. Daniel Jones, see you later. I'm out. I'm I'm so over Daniel Jones and watching him play football. I've left the train station. I, I'm find somebody new and maybe I'll come back, but I'm out. Yesterday was not on Daniel Jones at all, at all. I I
0: think the guy can still play. I mean, what's around him right now? You you picked up a running back off the street, and he's your starter at this point. You know, name two name two Giants wide receivers right now. I'll wait. I uh, couldn't do that. Golden Tate, <laughs> couldn't do it. Right, Golden Tate when he's not fighting other teams. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. There's not really much around him. I'm not going to write a kid off in his second year because he's dealing with everything the New York Giants are bringing to the table right now. Our final game of our rapid rundown, gentlemen, Seahawks 27-26 over the Vikings. The, the, the conversation coming out of this one is A, Russell Wilson still being simply sensational, and B, Mike Zimmer's decision to go for it on fourth and one late in that football game opposed to kicking a field goal to go up by eight he chose to go for it try to win the football game jordan i want your opinion on this because i have no problem with that decision if i cannot hand the ball back over to russell wilson and just pick up half a yard to do so not to mention if you don't get it he still has to drive the length of the field and score a touchdown as well uh i think it was the right decision by mike zimmer if you, if at all possible, do yeah. not give the ball back to, to number three.
1: I agree. And they have been running the ball down Seahawks, the Seahawks throat all damn yep. game. I mean, you watch that game from start to finish. They're getting six, eight, 10 yards of pop on these runs. And that's the thing about the Seattle Seahawks. Is they bend, but they don't break. When it comes down to the crucial moments in the game, they seem to always find a way. You know, whether it was the Patriots game uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, where Cam Newton was running QB, uh, you know, uh, you know, basically a quarterback blast to the left or the right, and they couldn't stop it. and They stop it in the end of the game situation. Look, there's a couple things I want to look at. One is the call. Yes, I like the call on fourth and one. If he kicked it, they still have to go the whole length of the field. You're up eight. You're maybe a little bit more comfortable with that. Uh, Russell Wilson had not put a whole drive together the entire game, so I would I was almost thinking, all right, if you go up eight, your team you pin them deep. Your team has the, the, the your defense has played so well all game. It's pouring rain. The chances of them getting a a, a long drive or or astronomical. I mean, they had not played well offensively all game. They get a lucky fourth and 10 DK Metcalf catch, another fourth and 10 DK Metcalf slant, and then a fourth and 10 DK Metcalf touchdown. So there was a lot of of, uh, luck that went into this, but at the end of the day, the Seahawks culture is just built for these moments. This is what Pete Carroll and coaching does to a team. I mean, you get a team that no matter what is going on in the game they always believe that they're going to have a chance to win the game they always are preaching that and that's what leadership does for a football team and i think right now it's what the cardinals are missing they they don't have that that culture to to get, when they're down to to still believe and still fight and that's what it's uh, it's it's nice to be a seahawks fan and a seattle native for that reason because yeah. uh, even if they're even if they're down there's always a chance Good transition,
0: Mr. Simone. The Arizona Cardinals had a get-right game on the calendar, but did they do just that yesterday? Maybe a big, big loss on the defensive side of the football. That's next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Well, gentlemen, Kyler Murray throws for 380 yards yesterday. We kept asking them to go down the field, right? Hey, push the ball down the field. They did that at times yesterday. We told him to establish a traditional running game. Kenyon Drake runs the ball 18 times. Both he and Edmonds scored on the ground. Murray added one as well. Uh, It was a get-right game for the Arizona Cardinals, and they appeared to be able to do that. But uh, when you lose Chandler Jones, and we sit here on a Monday morning recording this version of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone, powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers, and we don't have the final word on exactly what the injury is, but post game yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury feared it could be a season-ending bicep injury for Chandler Jones. That would be an extreme setback for a defense that's also trying to get right for the Arizona Cardinals. Jordan,
1: yeah, it's a it's a bummer. I mean, he's he's you know one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, if not the best since he entered. Uh, when it when it comes to actual sacks, uh, he he is going to be sorely sorely missed if he if it is a season-ending injury. I don't know why you can't just tape a bicep back to uh, to where it attaches <laughs> and uh, just just let it ride. That'd but be nice, right? you know, you feel for him. And and how about uh, how about guys stepping up in his absence, like Dennis Gardeck? Uh, it, this is a dude that I trained with out of a small school. I remember him giving him ad- advice when we were training about you know he's going to to uh, have a tryout with the Cardinals, and I just said, "Hey, man." Just go in and learn as much as you can and and just, you know, be the first one in, last one to leave. Man, has he has he taken that? And and even if he didn't take that advice, he's he has been really impressive. He's a captain of the football team now. I mean, can't say enough positive things about that. But obviously the tough, tough loss with uh Chandler Jones. But um, you know what? That's football, man. It's just like it's just like Dak Prescott getting hurt. It's it's next man up. And uh, the good teams always have a way to find a a next man up guy.
0: Yeah, you know, and the numbers for Chandler Jones, and this has been a talking point the last couple of weeks for the Arizona Cardinals, haven't necessarily been there, right? I mean, he's got uh, sacks on the year. He's just got the one from week one against San Francisco, you know, quarterback hits. He's got a total of seven on the season so far. He's not putting up the numbers that he ordinarily would, but you have to look beyond the the, the box score for a guy like Chandler Jones, how many times they're chipping, how many times they're double-teaming, how many times he opens up an opportunity for somebody else in that defensive front to make a play. You're kidding yourself if you believe that the Arizona Cardinals won't miss a player of that caliber just because when you look at a box score after the game, the numbers aren't necessarily there. This would be a mm-hmm. giant loss, Schubert, for, for the Arizona Cardinals if this is a long-term issue for Chandler Jones.
2: Vance Joseph's looking around like, can I catch a break, please? What do I do? Can I have some of my players be healthy? I mean, this guy, since getting to Arizona, has constantly been fighting this uphill battle. He had the Patrick Peterson suspension just this year. He's had Buda Baker go down. Now Chandler Jones has gone down. And, Sean, to your point, how many sacks that other guys have had this season can we attribute to attention being paid to Chandler Jones? You don't see that in a box score, but it matters. When players that have that big name and you know – They have the ability to get after the quarterback on every play. It takes people's attention. Khalil Mack in Chicago, Aaron Donald with the Rams. These guys get attention. Chandler Jones is one of those guys. So with him being out, it is a huge loss. You took care of business yesterday. You beat a team you should have beat. You went on the road. You took care of business. Check. Now you move on to as this schedule gets tougher, as you get later into the season, are, is Vance Joseph able to figure out a way to continue to get pressure on the quarterback, to continue to get this defense to play the way he wants to play so that they can win more games? That's that's the ticket here. You, you, you're more than likely not going to have Chandler Jones rest of the year. Can Vance Joseph figure it out can he move the chess pieces around to put this team in a position to be better defensive
0: and going forward you've got the cowboys on monday night then you've got the seahawks that we just talked about in our rapid rundown segment a moment ago you get the bye week you get the dolphins that we talked about who just went uh you know all over, the, dolphins, yeah. according to Jordan <laughs> all over the san francisco 49ers then you got the bills the seahawks the patriots the rams you can't really breathe and not like you really can not ever in the National Football League, but you don't look at the schedule and feel like you're getting another game like you had this week until week 14 against the Giants. Like, you're hitting the meat of the schedule for the Arizona Cardinals, so the timing of this is brutal, too.
2: And, and, Sean, I think that's why everybody got so frustrated with those two losses to the Lions and the Panthers. It's because the back half of the schedule is so brutal for this team. The, the challenges they're going to face you got to win some of those games like Detroit at home that everybody thinks you should win. So it just puts them in a really tough spot. Now you have some injuries that are taking away to a major uh, part of your defense. It's another big name that this defense has lost. So it's an uphill battle, and they're going to have to figure it out. I I, I don't think I'm going to all of a sudden have renewed confidence in this team because they beat the New York Jets, right? I'm right. still – all of the concerns I had for the last two weeks when they played Detroit and uh, and Carolina – those concerns still exist. Let's see how they handle it on Yeah, and that's why I phrased it at the start of the segment. Jordan, I you know, what can
0: you actually take away from this game when you play a yeah. New York Jets team that at times doesn't even resemble an NFL roster. You know what I mean? A backup quarterback coming yeah, in. Yes, it's Joe that. Flacco, but uh, it's still a backup quarterback coming in with one week of of uh, you know full snaps under his belt. So, to, to me, it's not like you can take a whole heck of a lot away from this football game if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan. It was good to see Kyler Murray and company stretching the field. That's all we talked about last week, right? Was this team being too much east and west, not enough north and south. And it was really good to see them establish a traditional running game, Drake carrying the ball eighteen times. I thought both of those were things they needed to work on. They were able to do so. Now, can you carry it forward? Because it's hard to take anything away from a game when you when you, when you're playing the Jets. And no offense, Chris Shuber, yeah. I know you're a Jets. No, that's guy, okay. But that's when you're playing when you're playing the Jets, like I mean, what can you take away from that,
1: right? It, it, the Jets are awful. It's sad to see. I don't know how a franchise could be so poorly run. Um, one one quick thing I want to mention is. How much better does the defense look with Buda Baker? They look so much different. The way he comes down and tackles in the box is yep. an absolute game changer for that defense. He's he's got that that sixth sense in football that you know you can't you can't measure uh, in a combine is the ability to find the ball and come up and make a play. It's instincts. He's got him, and he's such an important piece to that defense. One other thing I want to mention is where the hell is Isaiah Simmons? Is he even playing? He hasn't been. Can you uh, answer the question? What happened to him? Is he on the team? Yeah, so...
0: Jordan, he, I think you've played just as much as he had this year. <laughs> the amount of snaps... His, his snap count has been a, another topic of discussion with the Arizona Cardinals really since week one. Against the 49ers, he had the quick penalty called against him for horse collar, and then he gave up a 75-yard touchdown to Raheem Mostert, who came out of the backfield, and Simmons' eyes were just in the backfield, and they, they were like, okay, maybe this kid is in over his head. Since then, he's played snaps of like seven per game, eight per game, uh, so they're trying to work him in in different areas. They they said, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, Steve Keim, Vance Joseph, after the draft, that they wanted to make him a linebacker. He was going to be a linebacker, even though everybody talked about his versatility uh, coming out of college, right? He played so many different positions at the college game they wanted to make him a linebacker. Well, the last couple of weeks you've seen them move him back to safety. You know, kind of like a you know, it was similar to to where they they've used Buchanan in the past, right? Where you move him all over the football field. So they're trying to find his way. I don't know if it's necessarily a a comprehension of the defense for Simmons, just getting his feet wet, but right now it, he just doesn't appear to be ready, and you're also getting some production out of other players at that position, you know, to this to this point. So it's a balancing act. the Arizona Cardinals to walk right now getting him because the only way he's going to get better is to see reps right so getting Mm -hmm, him those snaps but also not doing so at the expense of of winning football games like you got to find that happy medium but right now it's just it's they're struggling to find a place for him on the football field
2: well and here's the other part of it too that I think (laughs) confuses me is he was the eighth overall pick in this year's draft, if this is in any other major city, this is a major talking point. Sure it and is. it just feels like it's just going unnoticed. The fact that he's just not on the field, like it just feels like, oh, here's another game, and oh, Isaiah Simmons isn't out there. Oh well, we'll move on. Whereas if this was New York or this was L.A., this is this is talked about every day. Where's right. Isaiah Simmons? You use the eighth overall pick on a guy, and he's not ready. He's not ready to go out there on the field and, and make a play and help this team out. That's why you draft him in the top ten. For I think, right? Had- I mean, that's. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I think you have built a couple of built-in
0: excuses there, right? Uh, the the no rookie mini camp, the uh, you know majority of camp being on Zoom, so you're not able to go from meeting room and then apply to the actual football field. I think people understand that that might set a couple of rookies back, you know, at this point. Uh, and then what really masked it, Schubert, what really masked the the that conversation was you went on the road and beat the 49ers in Week One. You know what I mean, and then you then you follow it up. Yeah. And you you were two and zero, so it didn't matter that the number one or not number one, but your first round pick, eighth overall, wasn't on the football field in the fans' eyes because you were two and zero. Your quarterback from last year was being talked about ridiculously, mind you, because it was week two as an MVP candidate. So you, it was, the reason it wasn't talked about much is because you had all these other things with the Arizona Cardinals going on that were positive. You were 2-0. and Your second-year quarterback was, was you know, getting things done and doing electric things with his legs. You, know, you weren't worried about it at that point. Then you lost two games in a row. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're going okay. How do we improve this defense? Because all of a sudden, you couldn't cover a tight end again, and your defense looked like it was getting you know ran up and down the football field by Teddy Bridgewater without Christian McCaffrey and a new head coach. So all of a sudden, it started to surface again there. Like, how can we improve this defense? Where's our eighth overall draft pick? But ultimately, I think that's why it hasn't been a major talking point because you were two and zero. Yeah, the two-game losing streak, and it was discussed quite a bit. And then you won yesterday, so we'll see where it goes from here. But it just appears from the outside looking in that he's just clearly not ready. I got uh-huh. one
2: more thing for you guys, and I got a stat to back it up. Ten right. more penalties for the Cardinals yesterday. That cannot happen. They have to clean up that stuff. It might work against the New York Jets. It's not going to work against some of the better teams in the NFL. And I have this stat to go with this. So This comes from Greg Alman, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Athletic. Uh, NFL keeps a statistic called stalled drives to note penalties significant enough to scuttle a possession. The Patriots have just 1 all season, the Titans have 2, 15 teams have 5 or fewer this season that averages out to just 1 per game. The Bucks have 14, the only team with more, the Arizona Cardinals with 15. They have to stop shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. That's what separates mm. A average team from being a good or a great team is little things like that. That falls on execution, but it also falls on the coaching staff.
0: Absolutely, it does. And and that was that that has been a talking point with the Cardinals as well. Schubert is the uh, the, the penalties the that they've had way too many. Hundred yards, you know, in, in two games this year, they've had hundred plus yards in penalties. You can't do it. You can get away with it against the Jets. You can get away with it against the Washington football team, you know. But it's that that is definitely going to come back and bite you when you're when you're killing drives on your own. Uh, heck, that's probably that. I'm not even say probably. That is why the Tampa Bay Bucks, who you mentioned, is the only team, the team right behind them, I should say, with 14 of those stalled drives due to penalties, uh, is is where they are. You know, losing to the mm-hmm. Bears on Thursday night and so forth. So no, you're absolutely right. That's I mean, that's every season. You absolutely can't have penalties and stalled drives shooting yourself in the foot. And the Arizona Cardinals right now are are clearly stats prove it, uh, doing just that. That's not going to work going forward.
2: No, it isn't. And it certainly is going to need to be – when Cliff was brought in, it was going to be – they're going to be extremely creative, and yep. they're going to air the ball out, but hes he might not have the discipline necessary to keep them from making stupid mistakes like this. So far, the creativity has been hit or miss, but the one thing that's been constant is the lack of discipline in terms of taking these penalties. I know we're only in year two. We still got a long way to go in this season, but, man, they need to clean those things up if they want to make a playoff run and be considered a perennial playoff contender with Cliff and Kyler. It just has to be fixed.
0: The uh, NBA bubble never burst, not a single positive test as they wrapped up the bubble experience last night. Can the NFL take anything from what the NBA was able to accomplish? That's next on noble with Chris Crespin and Simone
1: guys. I got to tell you one more time about our partners at Earnhardt auto centers locally owned and operated since 1951. They're a proud partner of noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. And we appreciate you guys tuning in today. With 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, and 17 brands, it doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west. Wherever you are in the Valley, Earnhardt's got you covered. And look, I'm a personal customer of the Earnhardt family. Uh, I use their Noble Express option at noble.com. Got it? test drive, a brand new Lexus. They brought it right to my front door. The process was so easy. Sign one piece of paper, you got it for the day, drive around. Me and the fiance went and got some food we hung out it was a great experience you can go uh, to noble.com and pick the uh, noble Express option the Earnhardt name is one that you can trust for 68 years they've been committed to uh, their family and to yours Earnhardt Auto centers noble.com that ain't no bull. well guys as we wrap
0: up today's edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone we talked about the Lakers winning their 17th NBA championship last night but overall if you look at what the NBA was able to accomplish to put together the bubble situation with Orlando or in Orlando with the Wide World of Sports complex and to have the amount of people they did in that in that bubble and to have zero positive tests throughout I think you have to tip your cap to what the NBA was able to do what they were able to put together uh, and, and to come away with what turned out to be a really, really
2: successful event, Chris. Yeah, and uh, listen, all the credit in the world to Adam Silver and, and the NBA office for, for pulling this off, for getting the partnership with Disney to be able to use the Wild Road of Sports Complex and have all of those facilities uh, at, their, uh, at their disposal. They did a fantastic job. They had a great plan. It worked. Uh, if if problems did come up, and there were some, right, with with players, DeAndre Ayton missed his test, didn't wasn't able to play in the game. We had the stuff with Houston, uh, and, and their you know, players getting sent home, right? I mean, so they had issues while they were there, but they followed their plan. They were able to to keep everybody safe. And credit where credit is due for Adam Silver and the NBA for getting this done. Now, when it comes to other sports doing this, I, there's. There's somewhat of an apples and oranges kind of comparison here, and I'd love your guys' thoughts on this. When the NBA was building this bubble and the NHL was building theirs as well, they had the luxury of everybody had been at home for a couple of months, right? No one had really been doing anything. The NFL is going to kind of transition, just like the MLB did, from regular season right into postseason and that could create some issues logistically where if players you know test positive right before they go into the bubble what's the protocol for them you know sitting out and then getting cleared into the bubble what the nfl is going to do with the schedule for those kinds of things so that's what i'm interested to see i think 100% 100% they have to go bubble for the postseason I think it's the only way to be able to to, to make this run smoothly. It's just going to be that transition that the NFL that the NBA and the NHL didn't have to do because they had everybody sitting at home. They could put everybody into the bubble, start up a training camp, get things going. The NFL is just going to have to flip a switch very quickly, so we'll see how they implement that. Well, the Major
0: League Baseball has done something extremely similar, right? For their postseason, Mm -hmm. they've decided we're going to have these sites, you know, L.A., uh, uh, Arlington, we're going to have these specific sites, we're going to use these facilities, and this is going to be our quasi-bubble, almost like what the NHL did with multiple locations. Major League Baseball, I think, realized that, you know, once we get to the postseason, it's great that throughout our 60-game season we were able to play doubleheaders and make this thing work. We can't lose games in the postseason. You just can't. And financially, there was a lot riding on the MLB postseason, making it all the way through as well in terms of TV Mm -hmm. contracts and the deal they made with the Players Association. So they knew they absolutely had to do something, make a bubble, create some some sort of of a bubble situation for the postseason, and it's working out outstanding if you ask me it's weird to be seeing you know the uh two teams not named the dodgers playing at dodger stadium a little (laughs) odd but it's working right so i think if you're the nfl you have to take notice of that you have to watch what major league baseball is able to do and it's it's a lot more difficult for an nfl team and an NFL, you know, for the league itself to create a bubble experience because of the size of the area needed for each one of these teams. is significantly larger than baseball, than the NHL, than for the NBA. But I think you have to figure out a way to go down that road in some way, shape, or form for your postseason because what you're seeing right now, shuffling the schedule around, that's great, that's wonderful. You won't be able to do that come December and January.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm am a big fan of the postseason bubble as well. I'm hoping that they just don't need to do it. I'm hoping that after November, all this shit has calmed down. We can live life normally. The playoffs can go on normally. People can stay at home, practice at their own facility. Um, you know that that is obviously my hope. Will we see that? Who knows? Um, but you know what? The NFL is going to do what what puts their 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 people in the best position to be healthy to play games and and to to get these games on tv on time so it's going to be interesting all right uh jordan as we wrap up today's program i told you i'd give you at least two minutes to vent that's oh, what that's
0: what you nice. get that's what you get when you Put, have your own a podcast up. yeah that's what you get when you get your own podcast you get time to vent yeah why are you so upset here this monday morning you know it was a great football weekend you know, here we are starting off yeah. another week. Everything seems to be great, wonderful going
1: forward. What's what's your problem
0: this morning? Why did you I'm say not this morning you said, Crusp, but I need a spot in the show to vent. So go ahead. Here's your spot.
1: You got I'm two minutes upset. to wrap up the show. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed in my co-hosts. <laughs> Who one gives oh. me one Which gives one me betting particular? advice on college. Chris Schubert gives me college betting advice. Texas Tech blows it. Alabama and Ole Miss is an absolute shootout. That game was supposed to cover by twenty four. Look, that's You just I can't take advice from either of you anymore. Sean comes on the show. I'm telling him. Hey, man I'm taking the Chiefs. He goes. Yeah, me too over his Raiders team. He goes. Oh with 11 points. Oh, yeah Give me that give me all of that. So Sean comes, No, I get my two minutes. Don't even think about it Sean comes out and says you know what the Chiefs the Chiefs are gonna kill him. It's at Arrowhead They haven't won there in forever. No trust in Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs coming back and John Gruden So if you're a Raiders fan I don't even think that you could trust Sean to give you an opinion on the team anymore because he just doesn't believe in them. They're a good team. They can run the football and, and now they can take top off of defenses. My last thing I want to bring up: 0-10. Do you know what that stat is? 0 for 10. Third down conversions for the Seattle Seahawks. They went 0 for 10 and they still won the game. Is this the scariest football team in postseason? Because they just showed you. They don't need to convert third downs to have an opportunity to win this game. We talked about that already. What's your deal? Why, why?
0: Is that why you're upset this morning? This is your time to vent, not talk about what we did in the rapid rundown. What? what, what, what I don't you know vent? why
1: you think I'm upset. I don't know why you think I'm upset. The best thing happened in the world last night. The Seahawks drove the whole field in a torrential downpour. Russell Wilson throws it to DK Metcalf, who's on my fantasy team, who helped me win my fantasy weekend. Boom!
0: So uh, just to just to keep track, by the way, Schubert has a segment that he does every Thursday now on the Noble Podcast Network called a, a shoe win with Schubert he's officially 0 for 2 on his Mm -hmm. gambling advice now my segment cashing in with Crespin Jordan my segment cashing in with Crespin we do have a disclaimer at the bottom of the screen and we talked (laughs) about this at length in yesterday's Noble Live that this is for entertainment purposes only anybody who's listened to any of my radio shows in the past Schubert you were on some of them Jordan you were on one but we didn't have a gambling segment yet knows that you shouldn't trust my gambling advice and our our, our, do the opposite yeah so that's your own bad there was a disclaimer at the bottom of the screen jordan i don't even want to hear it i gave you the disclaimer i I had already
1: made up my mind i had already made up my mind but you brought your negative energy (laughs) over to the chiefs by picking them all right and honestly you could say that you are even a bigger raiders fan because you picked the chiefs hoping that you'd be wrong and you were
0: 100%. I was yesterday, as you and I were texting, I was so glad I'd be be incorrect on that one. But, I mean, listen, you mentioned everything about the Raiders' offense, right? They they can run the football. Check. True. Uh, Derek Carr, I'm one of the few that does have a lot of confidence in him still. Check. John Gruden as well. Offensively, the team has been fine all year. Have you watched them play defense up until yesterday, and you were going up against that Kansas City Chiefs offense? nobody i have to be real on the podcast jordan as soon as i hit stop on the recording then i can put this jersey on and have some fun as a fan but on the podcast i got to be real (laughs) and nobody in the world thought the raiders were going to win that football game not even vegas and the wise guys which is why it was an 11 point spread yesterday going into that game so all right who's the best
1: who's the best quarterback in the nfl right now both of you i just want one word answer uh patrick mahomes
2: i would also go patrick mahomes
1: you can hang
0: up now, Jordan Simone. I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> he, <Jordan>. did. <laughs> he did.
2: He did. He did. So the
0: video is note, now frozen with Jordan We will Jordan put, we'll put a bow on today's edition of Noble with Chris Cressman and Simone Schubert. Thanks for hustling back from Houston in time. We appreciate you guys listening. You can subscribe uh, anywhere you get your podcast now, uh, from Spotify to, I believe, on iTunes at this point as well, Chris Schubert. Apple Podcasts, Pocket yeah. Casts, Overcast, anything with a cast yeah. in it, we're probably on Follow there. us on Twitter as well, at Noble underscore podcast. We'll talk to you guys later on this week, uh, Wednesday, to be exact. Thanks for listening.